Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talk to Gaurav. So we share his success story, which is pretty cool. So he's a uh, listener, YouTube subscriber, and I think uh, he reads the blog too. But basically, he's been able to purchase a site and grow it really quickly. So the couple uh, benchmarks here in the story, a couple of what do you call them? Flagpoles in the story. He purchased the site just before the Amazon commission rate change in April, which sure is a bummer. So something like 10 days beforehand, he got the site and then immediately the, the earnings were impacted. But he's a businessman and very smart. So what he has done is taken the site that he purchased and had something like 20 pieces of content In the last four months, he's published over 200 pieces of content and the earnings are roughly uh, $600 in the last 30 days. So we'll just sort of extrapolate that and say it's $600 per month. He's taken the traffic from roughly about 50 visitors per day to close to 300 daily. So he's put in a lot of work. We go into the details of his content approach his link building approach, how he's been able to publish that much content and build a team and, you know, not go cross-eyed and still be able to, you know, work on his normal day-to-day job. You know, this is a side hustle, although, you know, he's enjoying it quite a bit and it sounds like he's going to be doing a lot more of this sort of thing. So it was a pleasure to talk to Gaurav. Hopefully we'll be able to get an update from him in the near future once we see, you know, what kind of other growth this site is going to do and some other future projects that he's working on. So let's go ahead and get to the interview now. Welcome, Gaurav. How are you doing today? Thank you, Doug. I'm doing uh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me today. Awesome. Cool. And no one knows who you are. So can you give a little bit of an intro about yourself and you know what you do? I'm based in uh, Ontario, Canada, and uh, I have uh, a business of my own. It is into the education field. And I have recently come back to building websites. I had done that in 2014 and 15, but had a long break. Uh, I was in my corporate career then. And uh, now yeah, I, it's it's really exciting. Things are, are moving well for me, and I have you to thank for that. Thank you. Oh, thanks a lot. Well, you obviously did all the hard work, and I just happened to be around to uh, hear the story, but I appreciate you saying that. Well, you mentioned that you were dabbling previously a few years ago. So can you tell us about that experience a little bit, and like, why did you take a break? So we were back in India, and uh, we had started this uh, website where India was booming as far as e-commerce was concerned. So we were reviewing e-commerce websites and uh, kind of trying to tell which one's better than the other when it comes to ordering small products. And we really did not know what we were doing. My wife is a fabulous writer. She's a published author. She could dish out amazing content, but uh, we had no idea what keyword research is. And basically, a few websites noticed us, they sent us their stuff, but it just fell flat on its face. So that was one. And then I tried a couple of other things. I tried, uh, uh, I think it was some sort of a, a listing of businesses. And 
some sort of finance stuff. I am an MBA, so but really nothing took off because I didn't know what I was doing, and that was the end of that. Uh, all this while, my wife uh, she had her website, so I kind of managed that. So I knew a little bit about that, but it's it's essentially about the books that she writes. So it's not monetized in any way. Gotcha. And do you have uh, some one of a technical background as well, or more on the business side with your MBA? Um, I do have a computer engineering degree, so I understand I understand how things work, but that's pretty much it for the most part. In the sense that I cannot do any programming. I can do I can look into code, and I can do a little bit of insertion of things in my functions or PHP. But that's like I just Google and go with the flow. Sure, that's pretty much what I can do now too. It's like. The code doesn't scare me, but I can't really do anything helpful. <laughs> I can usually just mess things up, usually just mess things up a little bit. So, all right. So you got back into it back in April. So can you tell us like, what was the origin story there? Like, how did you find my stuff, for example? And how, why are we talking today? <laughs> okay. So, um, the backstory, how it goes is that, uh, I wanted to, so my, my other business, my offline business was doing fairly okay. So I wanted to kind of expand and acquire another business. And uh, one of my friends, uh, he used to work for McKinsey and I, so he had some serious consulting jobs with, uh, as far as, uh, you know, his, how his mind works. So he told me that uh, it might be a good idea for me to acquire an online business. And I had no idea, you know, what online businesses are or do they even sell. But as I started finding more about it, I figured that, yes, I, I probably can. So I figured out a couple of places, Human Proof Designs was one of them. And then there was another one with which I ended up going, uh, which was another underwhelming experience, to be very honest. But uh, so uh, I figured that I can pretty much buy a, a business from my from my credit card and scale it. So that's how I started off. Now, my wife was really against that because uh, since 2014 till 2019-20, I had had more the unsuccessful business ventures, let's uh, put it this way, to my name than successful ones. So, uh, I mean, trust deficit is a strong word, but uh, uh, she didn't really feel that uh, we were ready to do something like that. But anyway, she relented. She saw that I really wanted to do something. Um, so she gave, gave in and uh, I went ahead and bought an existing website. It was doing about $200 a month. And um, 10 days later, the commission rate change happened. And I happened to be in a niche that was very, very severely impacted. So <laughs> my revenue came down to 30 or $40 a month, maybe $50 a month. So I and, and I was all alone in the sense that there was lockdown. I could not speak to anyone. I could not tell my wife. So she's <laughs> she's going to laugh when she listens to this podcast. But I just could not tell anyone. So uh, yeah, that happened. And in the in the changeover process, Amazon threw the website out because they said that it was violating some of its terms. So I reached back to the sellers, and they had no idea that they were violating. And then Amazon, I wrote back to Amazon saying what what was wrong. So they told me that there were some com comparison tables that they were using, and on those tables they had very specifically mentioned this is best, you know. So that's what they had a problem with. So anyway, I got got rid of that, 
reapplied, got back into got back into the the program, and uh, yeah, that that was the start. So basically, I had a very rough start, and I was really looking for someone to to follow or someone to help me out. And yeah, that's when I came across you. Uh, I, I heard the KGR, which was really I'm I'm a very math person, you know, so that really gave me a framework to work with. And as soon as I had a framework, I knew that I can pick this and run with it. So that's exactly what I did. Very good. Well, I have a ton of follow-up questions now. So where did you end up uh, purchasing this site? <laughs> you know those people, I'd rather not say they've been, they've been to your podcast. I follow their podcast. So good people, but the experience wasn't good. So Okay, fair enough. So you bought you bought it and it was making a couple hundred bucks a month and then there was some funny stuff going on. Now, you also mentioned that the tables had an issue because they said the word best. What was best describing? Was it was it the price? Was it something different? What what was on the table specifically? So specifically, they were saying like it is AWP if you've seen it allows you to make those colors and uh, so it was saying best um like the best product in that category or the best um like it, it was a very over overarching statement rather than an opinion and then i think it was that's what i understood when i went back and read that fifty thousand word document that's the problem so i kind of removed that and made it more you know made it more generic as in that that's my choice as as the editor rather than it being the best product Okay, interesting. And I haven't heard that specifically, so I'm I'm actually I'm even surprised that it would be an issue because a lot of the phrasing that that is used in affiliate sites is best whatever, although, you know, many times it's not describing a specific item even though people may say, "Hey, my favorite is this one out of these other five." So, that is interesting. So you mentioned it's AAWP and that's one of the default sort of settings, like the best certain products. So as long as you change that, then you should be okay. Yes. So that's what happened. Okay. Gotcha. And yeah, I can't believe that you bought the site and then you ended up getting the uh, Amazon commission rate change just 10 days later. So just mentally. Where were you at with that? I know it was. It sounded like it was a bit of a debate on whether you would even buy a site, and then this happened. Were you just, yeah? What were you thinking? What were you thinking there? Yeah, I had honestly, I had nowhere to go, so uh, I could not discuss it with my wife. I nobody knew what I was doing, even if people knew, um, they did not. Like affiliate marketing is a smallish world, so but I knew that I was onto something because. Uh, Wherever I read, uh, I figured that it is it is scalable. I knew that um, I myself I'm a good writer. I, although I've not written any of my articles, I've put a whole bunch of articles, not written a single one. So I knew that content is is valuable. And I myself, when I, whenever I buy something, I research. I know I'm buying off an affiliate site. So I knew that it is something that that can be um, can be managed. So I. But I did not know how. So it really was a tough time. Those, uh, I would say, 15, 20 days. And I, I would like to mention something here, uh, which you pointed me out and you set me on this direction. So once this happened, I was grasping at straws. I was looking for those shortcut ways 
to make up the gap. And uh, so I tried, I followed your entire uh, disavowing sort of uh, disavowing of links because I, when I looked at the bank link, backlink profile of the website, I figured that uh, it had got some random links from a lot of different places. So I tried disavowing that, thinking that I'll disavow and tomorrow uh, traffic would start coming. Did not happen. So then I changed uh, the URL structure. So I included categories. And then someone said, don't include categories. So I not, not included categories. I got a whole bunch of 404 errors. And I had, like, I spent about three or four weeks just trying to figure out what I'm doing. And then you pointed out that it's basically two things. One is content and the third, second one is link building. And that is it. And that really simplified things a whole lot. I just forgot about all the other jing bank and uh, contacted, uh, I think I, at that point I started contacting a few people who I knew might be interested in writing. Started working about, with about four or five people. And uh, yeah, long story short, in the last three months, we've put up, put out 200 more articles, started off with 20. Now we have a 220. And uh, uh, what that has done is that uh, the older articles have started attracting traffic. And the newer ones, like the older articles have really boomed and the newer ones have started attracting traffic. And all of them are KGR, like 100% articles are KGR. Awesome. Very good. Very good. That's amazing. That's a lot of content in a short amount of time, really. And we'll, for the YouTube folks, we have the the analytics and the traffic. So we'll put those up on the screen so people can see. Basically, this was getting, um, what, like 20 visitors a day or something like that. And now it's getting upwards of 300 or more. I know it's a few days since you sent me the screenshots and it was kind of growing pretty fast. So is that about right? Over 300 per day? Yes, now we are regularly crossing 300 a day. Very cool. So with the the KGR and finding all the keywords, some people you know struggle to find them. Did you have any trouble? Um, you ha- you obviously had some experience in the past, but you know KGR is a little bit different. And like I said, some people do just have trouble finding any of them. So how did it go for you? So uh, again, you came to rescue. So I don't know. Uh, uh, in one of your podcasts, you had mentioned that uh, you f- look for best ballpoints for uh, writing journals. So I I just caught on to that. I used best X of Y in my niche. And most of my articles, uh, the money articles are best X of Y. And most of my information articles were how to X. So yeah, it was it was fairly simple. I just started uh, using these words i i used uh, uber suggest just to you know because they offer uh, a fairly robust uh, keyword volume for free so i use that to get the keyword volume and all in title and that's it i just kept uh, getting these keywords i did i did make a couple of mistakes in this so uh, one of them was uh, i in this best x of y like i started doing best x1 x2 so I was like too close. So maybe I was cannibalizing. I still am probably cannibalizing traffic. So yeah, that was that was one mistake that I did early on, which I have now rectified. Okay, cool. And then when you so you hired writers to do all the content, it seemed like maybe you had some contacts that you knew could do some writing. But can you tell us about the process of 
finding the writers and then getting that published? I would say I was lucky in the sense that um, I'm a part of a group where um, I'm a recently new immigrant to Canada. I came in here two, two and a half years back. And then I'm a part of a, a WhatsApp group where new immigrants come in. So they were coming in at a time where they did not have anything like they could, could not get jobs. And uh, they were coming from, uh, I mean, they weren't native English speakers, but they had they had some serious IQ going with them. So they come from my MBA institute and it's like one of one of the very uh, exalted institutes back home in India. So I just contacted them and I offered them a price that would uh, kind of uh, work for me financially and uh, make sure that they also uh, earn a little bit, uh, you know, I wouldn't say minimum wage. It's uh, definitely more than minimum wage, but it would take care of some part of their expenses. So that worked for me. Really. Awesome. And it, that's great. That's an amazing like way to you know see an opportunity for yourself and then help other people out that um you know they can work from home they have a lot of flexibility that you know everyone wants that so that's pretty cool how many um writers did you end up hiring and how many are working for you now so i hired a total of i think i went through about uh 10 of them and now I have four or five working on one or two of them uh, it went it, it, things went well for them they got jobs and you know they kind of got busy and then a few of them just were not cut out for it so gotcha and how much content are you publishing like per week or per month right now so I'm doing about two two articles a day I can do two articles a day like I get two articles a day or a little more than two articles a day in my drafts. And then I take some time to, I'm the bottleneck here. I'm doing most of the editing myself. So I do the editing. And again, honestly speaking, I'm just doing very minimal editing and uh, sending them out because I understood again from your podcast that it takes time for these articles to rank. So I plan to now go back to them once I have uh reached a certain number of uh, articles and then do the editing on a more relaxed basis. Got it. Very cool. Sounds like you're not doing any link building currently. You're just really pumping out the content. Is that accurate? Uh, that would have been accurate a week back. And then, well, you sent Haro my way. So I heard your the two Haro podcasts that you had. I think one was with Anthony, the other one was with Kyle. I uh, listened to them a couple of times. I have evolved the process around that. We have made... Uh, we have made now five or six submissions over the last one week. We've got one link so far and we have got a couple of links for my other business. So great. That's amazing. <laughs> so you're about about 20% on, on your affiliate site. And then can you share the success rate for your other business? I'm just curious, like if it's panning oh, out that's, even better. That's 80% because there I am, you know, here I'm just a, a blogger there. I am an expert. So very cool. Well, we'll talk offline once we stop recording. I'm interested in hearing more. I'm dabbling around with um, Haro as well. So that's pretty cool. And did you basically just take the blueprint that we explained in the podcasts? I took. I just copied it exactly. So we subscribed to the basic plan. We set up the text alerts. Unfortunately, they don't send those text alerts in Canada. I initially used tried to use one of my writers to do, uh, to do that that was also mentioned in, in, in the podcast i tried to do that but didn't work out 
Then I found someone uh, locally here who whom I explained the process, and he's doing that. It's not uh, it's not up to the mark. Like if I were to do that, what the stuff I submit for uh, my uh, uh, business. In fact, uh, I got a response saying that the, what you've submitted is so strong. They just used my stuff and put it in a, in a separate article. Like they just spun an article out of it. So oh, wow. uh, it's not as um, that person's submissions are not as strong, but I I'm hoping that he will um, pick it up. Very good. Do you think um, that's like well within reach for most people just to to dabble with Haro and. If so, do you have any like tips, even though you're only about a, a week or so in here? I mean, my, what my feeling uh, has been over the last one week is that it's it's not it's not really scalable. It's like um, uh, it's like that uh, like it's like that uh, you can have that Ferrari, but you can have only one of those Ferraris, right? But if you uh, go for a Nissan, then you can have a lot of Nissans for the same price uh, for the same effort in this case. So. I have thought that I'd probably do do Haro for a bit and then figure out a couple of other ideas that I have. I've got one link through that idea already, but uh, those would be guaranteed very low authority links. They would be good sites, but very low authority. Probably pretty relevant, I take it? Very relevant, yes. yes. Okay. They're basically, basically local businesses from uh, from my area. I'm just, I, I'm a member of uh, BNI, so, I just contact them saying that I can feature you and, uh, you know, let's say we're talking about best ballpoint pens for journaling. So if there's a local bookstore owner, so I can say that, oh, what do you have to say about this? And then why don't you link to it? Got it. And what what is BNI? What is that? Oh, uh, BNI, sorry. BNI is this uh, networking uh, thing. It's a global thing where you, where local businesses, business owners meet in the mornings and, uh, you know, they exchange leads if they have any for each other. Okay. Gotcha. What what does it stand for? I think it, it used to stand for Breakfast Networking International till they became just BNI, you know, like okay. IBM became IBM. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and I've heard of. Uh, I've gone to a couple million cups meetings. Have you heard yeah. of those? Okay. I haven't heard, but I would. Yeah, it's basically local business business owners uh, meetings. So let's say there's a chiropractor, there's a there's a plumber, there's a whatever, you know, an accountant. So got it. meet. Okay, so and with that, you're just you're in the network, and you guys have a common interest, and you're able to work it out. That sounds like exactly how you should do link building, where you're actually networking, and you know you have some relationship with the person ahead of time. So, absolutely, absolutely. Although I, I can I can tell you I've tried this. It's very tedious, very time consuming. Very relevant links, but almost always have very low domain uh, authority because these are all local businesses. Yeah. So uh, I want to go back to content because you have pushed out so much content and in a relatively short time. So you had, you said 200 posts in, did you say three to four months? Is that right? Yes. So for people who are thinking they want to do that, from a project management standpoint and just managing that number of words be, being published, how should they approach it? Okay, so um, a couple of things uh, I would suggest anyone who wants to do something like that. Firstly, it's possible, but it's not possible. You have to ramp it up, so you have to start slow. Where And I did not know this starting, but uh, where I got lucky was I 
hired people who naturally were uh, their english might not have been the best but they were naturally very very intelligent so they could put their minds to what they were writing and they kind of understood what i was trying to do as well so initially i was very uh, hawkish and very strict with what was coming in i was reviewing each and everything and sending them feedback very regularly i remember having a very long call with uh, with one of my most prolific writers to take him through all the steps that really worked so we did a uh, we did a zoom call and uh, i shared my screen and told him these are the specific things that i'm looking for second um i so when i started off i think i was averaging around uh, $35 an article and then i bumped it up a little and uh, passed on a bit of uh, you know a bit of amazon tables and a bit of formatting to the to the writers they were happy because they got that pump up and i was happy because it it meant lesser uh, uh, work for me again use your advice about grammarly and uh, that has helped i just got that done last week and the content that i have gotten last week since last week uh, has been grammatically almost perfect so uh, these are the few things that i did to to scale up cool and just to you actually emailed me and you you were like hey i want grammarly premium and you want to check it out so just as a mini ad in the middle of this interview it's panned out pretty good right it's a higher oh, yes. level of usage so oh yes yep and i used lastpass to share the this thing the grammarly uh, account and it's i think now it's it's really helping out my my writers cool and just uh, to be clear for everyone so um lastpass is a password manager and you can share a password with whoever you want and they won't know the password so you could change it in the future and they can't change your account but they'll be able to log into whatever you want and one of the things that they can log into is grammarly that they install on their browser which will work within wordpress or google docs and it's it works really well i mean there used to be some bugs associated with Grammarly, but at this point, I mean, it's working for you, it's working for me and the VAs that, you know, can help us out. So pretty cool. Anything else like uh, content wise, like templates, uh, anything like that? Uh, well, not really. I just, uh, I just came up with, uh, with my own templates, uh, which were, uh, I mean, prod, uh, product guide and then reviews. And uh, I use the rehab theme, so that has it, uh, the pros and cons table that looks comes out nice. But uh, if you were to ask me, if I were not to use that, it wouldn't really change anything. So yeah, that's that's it for the most part. Very good. All right. Well, as far as how this is impacting your life, it sounds like you have a pretty nice, you know full-time business going on. This is a fun side hustle for you. So, you know, what has this done for you personally? How has it impacted you? Okay, so how it has impacted me, very interesting. I It has really given me the confidence. I wanted to do something uh, at scale. And uh, this was uh, really my testing ground. So now I've set the, uh, you know, set the, ball in motion to acquire uh, something which is a lot bigger than 
what I did. We are looking at uh, uh, an acquisition which is around 60k. When I say we, I have partnered up with uh, one of my friends, and we have uh, we've hired the services of Dom Bells as well. So uh, he's helping us out there. So that's that's what it has really uh, given us. And uh, I expect that uh, in the next month or so, we would have uh, that started. So I feel that I have built a team and uh, now I can send uh, like there's a there's a machine or there's an engine that's chugging and I can just now send in something else their way for them to process and uh, give me content or links for the new site that I want to work on. That's pretty awesome. Do you have um, a specific goal for your sort of original site? as far as content or long-term, say 12, 18 months looking further out? Uh, I have I have a sort of nebulous plan in mind, which is that I would, uh, uh, till the time it takes for us to identify, acquire um, the site, I'm going to use the team to pump out as much content as possible in the next one month. I see we are at about 200 articles. I see that we would, once we uh, have the new site, I think the original site would be around 300 articles. And that's when I would let those articles kind of start uh, ranking. I plan to focus on link building, both internal and external. Right now, there is hardly any internal link building. So uh, I plan to focus on that. once you know i'm i've done this run of uh, content production and uh, then i would be focusing on on the new site so uh, the old site is extremely you can say brandable so it i mean it can it can really become big but it will depend entirely upon how much content how much relevant quality content is put there uh, and uh, how much it is promoted by link building Wow. Yeah, that's it's pretty amazing the team that you have put together and then it's pretty cool to be able to, you know, acquire a fairly big site that you'll be able to just, you know, plug them into that. They already know what to do. So, do you have any sort of vision for that that new site? Like what what do you think could happen? You mentioned around 60k is the uh the price of it. So, yeah, where do you think you could take it? So um, I plan to add, um, you know, you said that there are two legs to this business. One is content, the other one link building. I plan to add a third leg, which is monetization. Uh, in my uh, original business, there is cost of lead. So I see that if you can, you know, if you can successfully sell leads, which are relevant to businesses, then um, it would um I mean, then your cost or your revenue per thousand visitors really goes through the roof. Like it's not comparable to any uh, ad, any advertising or any affiliate stuff that you can do. So, with the new site, I plan to explore, and that's that's the lens now I'm using. That what kind of uh, businesses can uh, can I provide leads to, and. Uh, Again, I think I heard this on your podcast, but it's user intent that one needs to be very aware of. So I see that, you know, if someone's searching for best ballpoint pens for journaling, so they are looking for ballpoint pens. So that's a certain person of people. But 
they are most probably journalists. So what do journalists need? Which businesses need journalists? Can there be a way for me to connect the journalists to that business? So that's what I'm I'm looking at. And if I'm able to crack that, then yeah, then <laughs> I am I'm, I'm hopeful that we can make something big. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I've definitely heard actually since I've been working online about lead generation, whether it's for, you know, higher ticket clients or for, you know, local businesses. So there's a whole, there's a whole other industry of lead generation and like people that know SEO or other ways to acquire those leads and then get them over to whoever needs them. So that's pretty awesome. Now you actually, you know, read my mind a little bit. I was going to ask about any sort of ad networks or a other revenue streams aside from Amazon for that original site. I kind of forgot earlier, but yeah, are you monetizing in any other way? I tried applying to uh, AdWords and I was rejected a couple of times. I don't know why they, they've always said that because of COVID, uh, they're not accepting, but I know for a fact that other people are getting accepted. So I really don't know. I think I'd probably check out uh, Ezoic uh, when I reach the 10,000 uh, visitors a month threshold. I'm right now at six, six and a half. So should be soon. Well, um, you do have to be in AdSense for oh. Ezoic, I believe it's like okay. part of the same network. But okay. do you have, I talked to someone not too long ago, do you have an about page and all this sort of normal um, pages that you're supposed to have, like a privacy and all those things? Yes, yes. I, I read up why am I being rejected. So that's what came out. And I built those pages and then I got rejected again. So I I honestly, I've just then pushed it uh, to the back for now. And uh, yeah, if I can crack this leads bit, let's just say that because of my existing business, I have some connections where I can take the users of my current site to that to that other business. I'm just waiting for this number to be big enough for them to be interested. So gotcha. you know, if, if it's just, if it's just two leads or five leads a day, you know, it probably be not worth the, the other party's time. So, uh, I, I'm not really very concerned with not having Google ads because, uh, I see that I'll, I'll have two kinds of pages. One is money page, one is information page. And I see a lot of lead gen happening on the information page, not on a, on a money page. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Like you said, the, the amount that you could earn per thousand visitors is going to be through the roof on the lead side, assuming it's a you know high ticket lead, which that would be the only reason someone would pay money. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's something which has a, a high lifetime value. So being, again, I'm in a very unique situation because of my you know, existing offline business that I, I know of uh, these things and I can connect the dots. So for someone who's you know, doing their normal uh, affiliate uh, stuff, I don't know if this would be something that they could, they could, they could manage. I, and I'm, I'm not talking local lead gen because local lead gen is very, um, I would say tedious. You have to speak to maybe 20 plumbers to send them 20 leads. Uh, I'm talking of a bigger scale, but, uh, that really happens if you know uh, the right people at the right places. Very good. Do you have any other advice or tips for folks that want to replicate what you've done in you know, a fairly short time here? 
Mm, yeah, I I did uh, I did note it down because uh, I have gotten a lot of advice from your podcast. So what worked well for me was, um, uh, despite the initial uh, problems that I had, I kept looking at it as a business. And uh, at no point of time, even though it was doing fifty dollars a month, at no point of time I saw this as as a hobby. So I did. Uh, uh, even after acquiring the site for uh, about six grand, I did put in money, more more money than that behind that uh, site in terms of content. And uh, yeah, I started off like in my mind, I had that uh, budget. I didn't know that. I mean, I had that budget spread over a year. I didn't know that I'll end up running through the budget in, in like three months. But uh, yeah, I that was one. And uh, uh invest in good content uh i mean it's really the content that uh, that people come there for that's the only asset that we have so if it's just run-of-the-mill content you'll just get run-of-the-mill results probably not even that because someone's already doing that and you're you're you know, second or third or maybe 20th in line so it really you really have to invest in in good content something that serves the visitor's needs very good Anything else? Um, no, I think uh, I think that's it for the most part. Yeah, that's that's all. Awesome! Such an amazing story, and I appreciate you taking the time out. Um, I think you're off the radar, but do you want people to follow you anywhere, or just you know find you um, on future interviews here? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I am pretty much off the radar. I'm. I, I'm definitely there. The Fridays that I can manage to be, I can, I'm there on your live chats. So. Yeah, and I love those sessions. So awesome. Very good. So if um if folks have any questions for Garav, you can leave them in the comments on, on the YouTube side or shoot an email over to feedback at doug.show and we'll funnel them back over. Um Garav will we'll get you back on sometime soon. It sounds like your site is gonna continue to grow really fast, which is cool. And then you have a new acquisition coming up, which could just be interesting to hear how that goes over over the coming months. So really appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Gaurav. And I know you're probably listening to it, man. So I appreciate you taking the time out. And for anyone out there that has questions for him, just let us know. You can shoot me an email at feedback at doug.show and should be able to circle back to Gaurav and catch up with him in the near future. It's really cool to just kind of, you know, pull people out of the audience that are out there that are taking action and getting things done. So I'm glad when people reach out. If you have a story like this, let me know. You can actually call and leave a voicemail too. It's always fun to have those. We have been getting uh, you know, more of those. We did get one recently, so we appreciate that. I appreciate it. And I could ramble on for a long time right now, but I'll just leave you with a weird dream that I had. Well, I guess it's not that weird. I'm not sure what I was stressing about, but it was one of those where I like immediately woke up and told my wife. So it's sort of, I remember it which is cool. So I woke up, you know, first of all, I woke up and I was like in a pile of drool. All right. So that's gross. Sorry that I had to mention that, but um, I was like, oh, what? what the fuck? It's all wet. And then I'm like, wait a second. I was dreaming. I was at some sort of a party. It was like a kid's birthday party. 
and I was getting cake. In fact, I, I remember walking up to the table and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get this uh, slice of cake. But when I looked at it, it was very small. Like there was hardly any cake in there. It was mostly just a big chunk of icing. So I was like, oh, that sucks. But luckily there's a lot of other cake around here. It was, I think there was a cake that was shaped like a football and there were there were other pieces. So it was sort of one of those like novelty cakes where they're shaped like things. And I don't watch that show on the Food Network, but I know there's like a whole like subculture of people that make cakes that are shaped like things. And it's a beautiful art. And I was trying to eat one. I would eat one if there was one available to me. So I went over to the football cake and I was like, well, I'll go ahead and cut this up. I mean, these cakes are made to be eaten and, you know, there's no big deal. As I'm cutting into it, I again end up with like either a ton of icing or like the piece just wasn't quite right. Again, it's shaped like a football, kind of, you know, round and it's going to fall over. And that's what happened in the dream. I cut it. There's a lot of icing. And then I'm trying to like, you know, find a piece with a little more cake in there. And the whole thing just sort of tumbles over and that's it, right? I don't know what the point of the dream is, but my wife, she was like, oh, what are you stressed about? Like, what's what's going on? We can get you some cake if you want cake, but I'm sure it's some, some metaphor in my brain. It's a weird way to end the show, but that's what we're gonna do. So have a great day out there and we'll catch you on the next episode.